Um, but first of all, important, happy Oscar weekend. Oh, here we Best go. Best weekend of the year. Oh, boy. I have a friend who's watching like four of the movies today, and I'm like, that's too much. Yeah, I probably, I need to watch two more, the lesser ones. Like, there's a documentary I want to watch, and then I need to go see the animated shorts, which I'll probably see tomorrow. Have you, speaking of animated shorts, have you been watching the Pixar shorts that are coming out on YouTube? No. They're, they're like, Pixar is creating a bunch of like eight to ten minute shorts that they're just releasing, and they're great, and mm. you should check them out. There's three of them. Two, one of them's okay. The other two are Pearl, which deals with like workplace discrimination in an interesting way or not discrimination like so it's 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 at this place called like bro financial and it's all dudes like yeah bro and then like a ball of yarn gets hired and then it's all about like her trying to incorporate in and it's interesting and then the other one is called kit bull and it's about a pit bull and a cat so tara was like crying she's like what is this show why did you show me this oh no wait does one of them die do both of them die no none of them die it's oh, okay. It's it's sad to get you to a happy place. It ends okay. happy. Spoiler alert. Because <laughs> I like I I can't handle animals in peril. I I can't. It, yeah, yeah, no. It's 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 very good, and it's hand drawn. It's not computer animated, oh, wow. which is interesting for a Pixar. I think they put it all together in a computer, but it's it's traditional animation. What what do you see winning this year? So I was asked this on a conference call yesterday, and <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, because I mentioned that everyone's like, what's everyone got going on this weekend? I was like, well, I have my Oscar party. And then half the call's like, oh, right. I guess the Oscars are this weekend. And I was like, you're all dead to me. Um, but <clears throat> I mean, so usually there's some precursor awards, like the Screen Actors Guild, the Writers Guild, the Directors Guild, the BAFTAs, like all of those mm-hmm. tend to skew, kind of give you some clues as to who will win. They have all picked different movies mm-hmm. as did, best picture. Did you see Bo Burnham's best writing speech? no no uh bo burnham won like best writing at the writers guild or something like that for, for eight, eighth, eighth grade, grade? Okay. and his, his was speech good. was i just want to say to all the all the all the losing nominations here tonight have fun at the oscars <laughs> <laughs> what what do you think is gonna win best picture this so, year so i mean i don't know nor i haven't seen bohemian rhapsody but i've seen all the other best picture nominees and there's not one that i like is the hill I'm gonna die on like this movie needs to win or this movie should win and this movie will win I thought they were most of them were fine some were problematic I didn't love any of them so like last year I really love Black Panther I actually watched that last night I really enjoyed it did I love it no but I really I really enjoyed it I I, it's 20 minutes too long as I think every movie this year was (laughs) 20 minutes too long um I I it's there's part of me that hopes it wins. It hopes it wins, but I don't think it will. Obviously, I would be very happy if it won. And the SAG picked the Screen Actors Guild picked Black Panther, and the largest voting block in the Academy is the actors. Yeah. So, I, the odds are as good, honestly, if we're going by past. By Here, what's won for Black Panther? Here's what's gonna suck. Well, okay, so I I, I think it should win because I think it's such a. You know, if you look at it as a superhero movie, superhero movies, it's 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 not it's it's a very simple plot for a superhero movie of just like here's this guy and something's going on, and he solves it. But then like all the details are very specific to that like demographic in a way that nothing has ever been before. Not just like it's not like hey, we we finally made a black superhero movie and the just the the hero is black like. The, in, the 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 villain is 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 black and it has a very very African American um, viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Like his like like that that line near the end where spoiler alert, he gets killed and he's they're like I can heal you and he's like just bury me in the water with my ancestors who jumped off the boats who knew mm, that who yeah. knew that that death was better than bondage like. That was a line when the guy submitted the script to, to the heads of Marvel. He's like, they're going to take this out. And the head came back and goes, keep this in, and I want this to be the basis of the rest of the movie. Yeah, He's like, I, For the I next, think it, yeah. it was so much better than a superhero movie needs to be. Yeah. That I, like those Marvel movies, like you don't go there really for a message and for a really uh, 
I, I don't know, a lot of deep takes. At least I, I don't, I, I should say, I haven't seen a lot of those movies, but I don't feel like you get a lot of that, which is fine. I don't, that, that's what, that's really what you go in there expecting a lot mm-hmm. of the time. But I was, I don't know, I was very impressed with it. I was very I, impressed. I with think it. This, if it won, I would not be sad. No, not at all. I'd be very surprised. I think the superhero part of it lowered its complexity so that the complexity of its message could get up. Like, I think a lot of times it's mm-hmm. like, this is a real weird superhero, so it's going to be just like, like Guardians of the Galaxy is a weird concept to wrap your brain about. So it's just, a bunch of guys come together and fight a bad guy with a, like, rock that makes things explode. <laughs> like, it, you know, they, they, that part kind of goes down so that, like, the, the idea of, like, okay, we need to get people behind a raccoon and a tree. But, like, I, I really like this one. But this one's, if it wins, it is going to be torn apart by so many armchair white movie Twitter fans that it's going to drive me nuts for years. It's going to be like, this was just a, a pick because of yeah, they're, they're social justice. And it's like, you know what? They are because this is the time, you know, like in the seventies, they probably made different picks than they would have made in the eighties and the nineties, because that's the time. And if this is honestly, it's okay. In my opinion, for the Oscars to be a, this is the time thing. Like mm-hmm. I'd rather they do that. than sometimes they give stuff to things that it's like, Maybe this was the best acted thing that year, but no one's ever going to watch this again. Yes. And, and you have to understand, like, and I'm not saying you, in general, people have to understand, <laughs> it's competing against the movies that came out that year. Yeah. It's not competing against all the other movies that have won Best Picture. Like, if people say one more time, like, I can't believe we're going to put this movie up next to Saving Private Ryan. No, that's not really what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but I, I, I do agree with you that... Um, it's almost like a, a curse of of winning the best picture Oscar because it opens people... up to more scrutiny. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, like when I, people, everyone talks about how Crash beat Brokeback Mountain and how like you know when Crash is such a terrible movie. I mean, I've seen Crash. I think it's problematic. I don't think it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. terrible to so many people because it won best picture and uh, undeservedly. So and same thing for Shakespeare in Love. If you just see Shakespeare in Love without any prior like knowledge that it beat Saving Private Ryan for Best Picture, you're like, oh, like it's such a terrible movie. I'm like, no, it's a, it's a sweet, cute little movie. It's well done. It's fun to watch. Can can we talk a little bit about kind of Oscar lore for yes. a minute? Do you know all the stuff behind uh, Marissa Tomei's mm-hmm. uh, about how like. Allegedly, they, she didn't win. Or allegedly, she didn't win, and someone just gave it to her, and all that stuff. And that, that the guy who the guy who awarded the award was very old, and they thought perhaps couldn't read the right. card yes. and just said her name. Um, yes. What do you think about any of that? Like, I Tara and I, one Tara's favorite movie is My Cousin <clears throat> Vinny, so we watch it quite a bit. And every time mm-hmm. I see it, I'm like, this is just such a good performance. <laughs> I think we have actually that, talked about thing. this. I don't remember who she beat out, who the, who was supposed to be the winner, and like who everyone thought was going to win, and then Marissa Tomei won. So I I don't know if you want to look that up really quick, but um, because I don't know if I've seen that movie, but I do, I think Marissa Tomei is great in My Cousin Vinny, and it's also the type of performance that the Academy Awards in the supporting actor mm-hmm, categories. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's that far-fetched i mean again i would have to know who she was up against um but i just don't think and also the supporting categories are where the academy likes to make surprises it was jack palance who read the awards i remember this academy awards i believe because it was the one you are many years older than me so (laughs) i just remember i think it was the one with billy crystal it was right at the same time as city slickers which i loved and jack palance came out and did like one unharmed push-ups to prove Mm -hmm. he was still a big deal. Yes. Uh, um, but Vanessa like Redgrave. I like how you said the one with Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal's hosted the Oscars like 12 times. Yeah. The, the, I just, this may be like the first Oscars that like I remember. Okay. That um, might anyway, be part of it. Go ahead. Who was who she up against? Uh, Vanessa Redgrave, I believe, is the one that they were. For, for what movie? For Enchanted April or Howard's mm-hmm. Inn. No, I've never, I've never seen either of those. Um, that's that's the point. Is it's like, but, but, uh, I mean, that's it. It doesn't. We don't have who else was not. I can't find I, like. I, okay, so it's um, that's yeah. 1993. Okay, let me find the 1993 Oscars. I mean, we should at some point talk. 
talk about the Frasier, but how, how many Academy Awards are we into now? If this is a 91. Who, boy. Uh, best Supporting Actress. So we had Judy Davis in Husbands and Wives, Joan Plowright in Enchanted April, Vanessa Redgrave in Howard's Inn, and Miranda Richardson in Damage. I know I've heard of one of those movies, and that's Howard's Inn. Yeah, but I don't know. I Only just the name. I couldn't tell you anything about it. Yeah, nope, same. Um, hang on, let's just see. I'm, I'm on the, I'm sure you are too, I'm on the Wikipedia page. Um, Ooh, Emma Thompson and Howard's Inn, I might check that out. And she she won the Best Actress Oscar, I'm just now yes. learning for that. You would think I knew that already. For some reason, I thought she had only won a screenwriting Oscar for um, Sense and Sensibility. I mean, Howard's Inn looks like it won quite a few. It's just stupid. It's like, oh, just let Marissa Tomei enjoy her Oscar, you jerks. And that's another thing we're talking about, the, the criticism. Like, I feel like her career might be under a huge amount of scrutiny since it's like, well, she won, but she didn't deserve to win. Uh, yeah, Get it's like she has to continue to prove herself. Well, and also, I do think that once that a target's on your back as soon as you win an Oscar, um, because any movie you make after that is judged mm-hmm. because you're now an Oscar winner and you're expected to like continue to make quality movies that will garner awards. And I, yeah, I just think it's, I think it's a blessing and a curse. I mean, I, they, they would do, they would do say that as soon as you're nominated, that appears in your obituary. So, <laughs> I mean, Mona Lisa Vito, maybe not so much where we grew up, but especially on the East Coast is like an icon. Oh, I mean, yeah, I I think it's what you remember from my cousin Vinny. I mean, mm-hmm. that in the Utes, but... Yeah, <laughs> that has had a weird staying power, but... Which I still say so much. Like, you, I will usually call youths Utes. It's funny, because that was such like a dad joke when it came out. Like, that was the thing my dad... They went and saw it, and he would always say that. Utes, Utes, run around saying it like crazy. And then now I'm still like, it's, it is funny. He was right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you want to get into, do you want to get in, speaking of some excellent acting performances. <laughs> oh, look at that segue. Uh, hello, Seattle. I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're the Craniacs. We get together, we talk about Frasier. Uh, Laurel is the uh, uh, often nominated, many times best, uh, best uh, Frasier no, this is terrible. Let me back this up. <laughs> well, I, I think we can say if I was on a cruise, I would likely win a Frasier trivia contest. I was trying to wrap it into the Oscars. I was trying to be like, I, I knew what you were trying to best do, Frasier watcher, and I'm the third nominee in the supporting actor. Oh God! All of a sudden, your hand was like that. I was like, ah! oh. um, all right. I was just moving the. <laughs> Ah, anyway, ah. Um, Fraser, uh, 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 Laurel knows about Fraser. I don't. Uh, so we have two uh, episodes today. Uh, Laurel, I'd like to actually uh, request that we talk about uh, the second one first. Okay. And spend more time on the, on the first one. So we're going to go. Is that okay? Yeah. So we're going to go a little out of order. Uh, today we're doing episodes 14 and 15. But we're going to start with 15, which is called uh, A Word to the Wise Guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, you don't have the Netflix up anymore. Uh, um, no, but I, I can pull it up really quick. I, I'm without turning on my TV. I mean, I could try and give one. In an effort to uh, uh, assuage oh. Maris's legal trouble, Niles Handel uh, hires a uh, hoodlum, as they keep saying it, to uh, uh, a fixer hoodlum to uh, take care of some traffic ticket issues, and they find themselves... Uh, in debt to this potential uh, criminal element. Yes. It wasn't bad. It wasn't my best. No, no. So, uh, I don't really know where to start talking about this episode. Oh, I didn't know if you are still looking it up. (laughs) No, oh, no, I figured your synopsis. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so, what did you, this one, I, I, I like this one, um, it was definitely like a throwaway episode in that like it didn't, you know, it was just kind of interesting. I watched it twice because I watched it uh, once at once and then again with Tara because I thought Tara would like it because Tara's, you know, from Jersey and kind of loves The Sopranos. Did you recognize the actor who played the uh, the Fixer character? I thought I did, but then when the, but then I talked myself out of it when the credits rolled around, I, I, I was correct in that I did not know the person. Now, I bet you knew him from something, but I don't think you'd know his name. He's in a bunch of stuff. So I thought it was, now what I realized, I think his name's Philip Bosco, who is like, 
in My Best Friend's Wedding. He plays Cameron Diaz's dad. He's in the Olsen Twins movie, It Takes Two, as the butler. He's it, Oh, he's in Working Girl. He's he's in a lot of things. I, I think he has since passed away, but yeah. I, I'm, he had a kind of a, just a general Italian mafia esque like air about him in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, but I, I realized I wasn't, it was one of those things where I was like, that kind of looks like him, but I don't think it is. He, Oh, he was an unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. He's just like, Oh, oh Harris Yulin. He's a working actor. who has been in a million things. I remember him from, he was in Ghostbusters 2. I remember that because it was if you've watched Ghostbusters 2, he's the judge before they fight the two ghosts in the courtroom. Um, and then he was in on Buffy the Vampire Slayer a lot as kind of the head of the Watchers Council. He's just like, you pull up his thing, he's in a ton of stuff. He's in a bunch of episodes of 24. He is like going all the way back to the set the the the, the like nineteen seventy and a bunch what? of TV I'm sorry, stuff. Remind me of his name? Harris Yulin. It's a it's a name you'll ever see. He was in Clear and Present Danger, Training Day, Scarface. Apparently, I didn't know that. How 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 do you spell his last name? Uh, Y U L I N. He. I have not known any. I I did not watch any of the things you have listed. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out what I would what but I would it, know him. From. I think he's one of those actors that it's a very long and prestigious career, but it's like you have to be watching the right stuff to see him. I, I he's just very noticeable to me because he's had some characters that I very much enjoyed from just very niche things. Like I said, Ghostbusters 2 and Buffy oh, the Vampire Slayer. He's like, in Ozark, the movie on ne- the show on Netflix with Jason Bateman. Have you watched that? Yeah, I've watched the entire well, I've watched both seasons. Yeah. Oh, do you know this um, character? I, I do. He's okay. I, I'd say he's unrecognizable, but also that this is now like, you know, yeah. 20, 20 some odd years later. He's um, he's definitely a character actor. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to... I get excited when I see characters like that. If there's another actor in the other episode that I'll bring up when we get there that's a similar thing where it's like, oh my god, this guy's been a bazillion things, but like, mm-hmm. and I just recognize him when I see him, but like, couldn't remember his name, any of that stuff. So essentially, uh, Niles, Maris has a, they gets pulled over for, what was she doing? Um, she spotted a sale on Ferragamo shoes, and so she, <laughs> rather than look for a parking spot, jumped the curb and left her car parked on the sidewalk, and when the police ran her plates, they found a whole host of unpaid parking tickets. I'm so glad you're my co-host, because <laughs> I feel like you could remember the brand of the shoe, and I would have just been like, shoes, like if I remember it, just it just adds such a nice extra pop to detail. well it's funny because i probably when i first watched the show and up till like 10 years ago would not have at all noted but now right, i know right, what right. shoes are so i'm like oh yes ferragamo shoes um yeah so he tries to get uh martin to to write it off and very quickly martin's like i don't do that yeah I, I don't i don't i don't let people get get away with that sort of thing and niles goes into <laughs> Goes in to explain to them what's going on and comes back to Fraser. He's like, I tried to explain to them what kind of person Maris was. Oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> well, you remember this episode a lot more clearly than I do because I'm like... Well, I did see it twice. Okay, um, and I watched it, I guess, three days ago. Yeah. Uh, and then Roz... I forgot Roz is kind of in this in, in two big yeah, ways. Yeah, we, we've had some Roz light episodes, I feel like, where she is... And I just, I know it's been hard for you. So I, I just want to say good for you for Thank you. thoughts and prayers. You know, yes. Yes. <laughs> Between that uh, 60 degree weather where you had to zip up your jacket this oof. week and, and Roz not being in episodes. Uh, Roz suggests this, like a friend of, a, she goes, I dated a guy who needed help getting parking, getting something done with the police. And Niles is like, notice the lack of gasps after that yes. statement. And then not, Roz is like, I'm not going to help you. And they go, they go back and forth. I, I really enjoyed that scene where he's yeah. like, oh, come on. We've always liked our, our banter. And she's like, you're a stuck-up snob and elitist. And he's like, zing! Yeah, got me again. <laughs> but then she gives it to him. And she, he's like, she's like, you owe me. Next time you want to give, you want to do a, uh, you want to make a comment about my sex life, keep it to yourself. And then well, Niles like, my pops. sex life, my, what I'm wearing. Like, she, yeah. she lists a few different things. And then, and then Niles pauses and goes, consider it done. <laughs> Well, he pauses, gives her a once over, yeah. <laughs> and then is like, consider it done. Um, that that whole scene, they, they he ends up taking uh, Fraser to Cafe Nervosa to meet this guy, and it's interesting to me because this guy like just seemed weird to me. Like I I don't know. I guess I have seen so many Sopranos. I expect for uh, 
oh, why he's gonna be like, hey, like be like Tony Soprano, where he's like, hey, what do you want? And this guy was very like slow and uh, Godfather esque. He's the Seattle version. Yes, of Tony Seattle Soprano. mafia. <laughs> you know they, they they deal in uh, you know black market coffee beans mm-hmm. and Birkenstocks. Uh, he requests that, that might be more important. He, but... he goes and gets it fixed for Niles, and then shows up at Fraser's house kind of unexpectedly, <laughs> which freaks out Fraser. And tries to convince Fraser to talk to his fiance on the air and get her to marry him because she's having second thoughts. Frazier mm-hmm. listens to it, uh, convinces her not to, but then kind of gets the real story, I guess, from what's this guy's name? Jerome. From Jerome, and they're like, "Well, now we have to give her a job somewhere." Yeah, part That's of it. The- she says that like. Uh, she says something about job like not being able to keep a job but she acts like it's his fault and he's like i've gotten her 14 jobs he says she, he she he won't let her have a job oh yeah and she he says she's lost 14 jobs i told her no more jobs because she just gets so sad when she gets fired that's right that's right which is yeah. still kind of controlling in a way but i i could understand it if he was like I'm not getting you any more jobs because you keep yeah. getting fired. I mean, this um, is 96, so we're still dealing with, like... This, there's a little bit of this that is, like, let's believe the man and not the woman, where it's mm-hmm. like, here's her story and here's his side, and his side is the one we go, oh, well, that must be the truth. Yeah, yeah. We won't get too political on this one. Um, I, and then it ends up, Niles has to hire hire her, and then she's ter- like. Frazier has to call Niles, and Martin's like, put it on speakerphone, I want to hear this again. Because <laughs> she's terrible. She's like, psychiatrist. Yeah, she's like, psychiatrist. Yeah. And then he's like, hello, you know, is my brother there? She's like, oh, she's like, yes, oh, I have another call coming in, let me put you on hold, dial tone. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got any LOLs for this one? I want to get to the other one so bad. You know, I love I, the other um, one. <laughs> uh, oh, no, the LOL I have is for the other one, so... um. Uh, I I didn't take notes on this one, so um, mm. I, I don't have any LOLs. But uh, we should probably rate the episode. Uh, I think I would give it uh, six traditional spellings of the of Brandy. <laughs> that was such a weird joke. Her name's Brandy, the traditional really spelling, and they all look at each other. I was like, I don't know, like was Brandy with an I like a I don't understand. No, I, I think they're looking at each other because there kind of is no traditional spelling of Brandy. Yeah, or no, no, not I don't know. Uh, yeah i don't or yeah i don't know i mean it it would be like being like lauren the traditional spelling like okay what other spelling is i don't know i don't know (laughs) that's Um, a a terrible we're like brandy with an i i don't know brandy with an ie or you know i'm trying i went to school with a few brandies actually i don't think any of them were brandy with a y i think they were all with an ie Mm -hmm. anyway um what what did you say how many i gave it six oh i was gonna give it six i mean if it's six ferragamo shoes um I, I think they actually said what type of shoe like it was a loafer or a mule or something but um six ferragamo shoes it was it was fine it was it was a show that i forgot existed but i think like you said it was, a throw, it was a throwaway episode yeah but it was it was it was a solid throwaway episode like yeah like was, i wouldn't tell somebody to s- skip this one if like in terms of ones to skip but i would not say you need to make a point if, to it, watch if it. it was on in a doctor's office i would enjoy it yes i would not be sad <laughs> yes um Okay, so the one I'm so we're going back one episode, folks. Uh, I don't know why I'm like coddling the listeners if they're like, "All right, guys, here's what's happening." Uh, but uh, now we're back on episode fourteen, the show where Diane comes back. And, and I basically do remember the Netflix synopsis for this. It was Diane comes uh, back. <laughs> it was slightly more complex, but it was like Diane Chambers returns to Fraser's life when a show she wrote is being performed in Seattle, leading Fraser to face like un un um, like or like um, repressed feelings about being left at the altar. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a good synopsis. So la- ladies and gentlemen, my, my lovely and talented wife and, and cheers expert Tara was going to guest on this one, but she is feeling under the weather, unfortunately. So I have some notes and thoughts for this because not only did she watch this episode, but she went back and did some deep dives into the cheers archives to kind Ooh. of do some work on the Frasier Diane uh she watched a lot like the first episode with Frasier, uh the episode where they meet Frasier's mom, which I didn't realize was something that happened in Cheers. 
Oh. Uh, do you do you know his mom's name? Is it the same in Fraser? Uh, I want to say that in Fraser, her name is Hester. Yes, it was Hester. Was okay. Like, mm. So uh, they meet her mom. Uh, they do the one where they go off to Italy and they're about to be married, and then the one afterwards where he comes back to Cheers to announce that she left him at the altar. Wow. Which is Tara. Thank you. She for did. This I came home and recon. she was, Oh, she did. She did some big. We watched some of it. Uh, and I wanted to bring up. Uh, her mother, because for speaking of mafiosos and, and the mafia, her, his mother is played... Oh, what is her name? Now I have to look it up. But it's Livia from The Sopranos. It's it's the matriarch if you've seen The Sopranos, which I know isn't going to get a big oh, reaction here. N- Nancy Marchand? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I know I, I know her. her. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a great actress to play Frazier's mom. And, and she was... She was hammy as hell, but it was... A very interesting episode because the whole thing became it was all about how Frazier's mom didn't want her to marry Frazier. And like he walks away from the table and she's like, if you don't, she's like, she basically threatens to kill Diane. She goes, she goes, oh, they were having a really, they seem to be having a really good time together. And Frazier walks away from the table and she goes, leave my son immediately. I have a gun in my purse and I know how to use it. And then like Frazier comes back and she's like, oh, Diane. And it was very odd. And it was really weird going back and watching that now after that character has been so, like, sainted in in Frasier. Yes, put on a pedestal. Which, I mean, she was obviously used as a, like, meeting the mother joke in Cheers Mm -hmm. and, like, actually developed, not not fully, but, like, into more of a character on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was was funny because I came home. As I was driving home, Tara called me. She's like, you'll never guess who Frasier's mom is. And I'm like, what are you, what, what, like, I, I thought she was watching <laughs> Frasier, and I'm like, does she come back from the grave? Is there a What is happening? Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm watching Cheers. And then she's like, Tara didn't recognize her at first. And she's like, I know who this is. And then I walked in, and she walked in, and I was like, Livia! I, like, lost my mind. Gosh. Um, yes, she always plays, so I'm more, I'm most familiar with Nancy Marchand, because in the movie Sabrina, the remake in the 90s with Harrison Ford and mm. Greg Kinnear, she plays the mom in, in that movie, and, um... She's also a force to be reckoned with in that movie. And so I feel like she just must have had this awesome later in life career of playing, you know, just hell on wheels. Yeah, well, she, I mean, this character was pretty feisty. Like I said, she threatens to kill. Uh, she threatens to kill Diane. And then Diane's like, oh, she must be joking. And it's 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 a not the like going back and watching Cheers. It's obvious that it's a show that took place a decade before where we are now mm-hmm. but um it was she was she was a pistol then too but that was interesting we also looked at uh you know just her relationship with fraser and and then her leaving him at the altar and kind of going back to to sam and that's what happens at the beginning of season four is the end of season three they kind of leave it as like is she going to marry fraser and then the beginning of season four fraser comes back and once again threatens uh sam with a gun like goes into his office and is like, let me show you something. And it's interesting watching because it starts off and he doesn't have that Frasier voice yet. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, oh, he has kind of the cadence a little bit, but he develops it over time. But he's not doing the kind of, he's got a little bit of a gruff Kelsey Grammer, like, oh, Sam, I have a gun now. Like, when you text him with a gun. I really wish you could see the, like, physical things that Ryan's doing to illustrate. It's kind of a, a jaunty Bavarian, yeah, yeah. He, like... He's, like, kind of, like, trying to puff up his shoulders and his chest uh, and doing kind of, like, a Hulk, like, you know. But, uh, but you know what I'm talking about, the kind of, when, when he yells at Niles, he's like, Niles, and he has that kind of gruffer voice. Yes. It's not there. I say, I'll give you the list of the episodes, and if he wants, you can kind of just skip through them and just see what he's doing. That's kind of what we did. Although it's interesting watching Tara try to figure out, like, fast forward through a Cheers episode, because primarily Cheers takes place on one set, so it's hard to see when they move on to the next scene. Oh, that's it's, true. It's always in the same place. That must have been a really cheap show to make. <laughs> I, I think that was part of it. Um, let's go back to the actual episode. Diane comes back. It's, it's, it's super cartoony in the way that they're like, Frazier, some woman burst into the building wanting to see you he's like oh it's probably just an adoring fan and she comes on screen now you, you've seen her before like when she made that appearance in that previous episode where they were yes. in, when lilith came back yes so you know who she was when she walked in yes well, also you I probably mean, knew the name of the, the episode well and, and also like 
she comes back more than once in Frasier, so I'm very familiar with who her character is. And mm-hmm. I've seen a handful of episodes of Cheers, so I also right. am, like, familiar with her. Although I am in no way familiar with her and Frasier from Cheers. Right. So. Um, so she comes in, and then it cuts to black, and you hear screaming, and you realize as the camera zooms out, the black you're seeing is the inside of, of Frasier's mouth. Yeah. As he's young, it's like, ah! It's like this very dramatic shot in an otherwise very pretty stagnant show. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this episode since you're not as much of a Cheers fan. You know, I have kind of mixed feelings about this episode because I personally, I don't know if you're supposed to really find the character of Diane endearing from Cheers. I found her to be really annoying and... I found the ending kind of unbelievable mm. when I, 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 I don't know. It, it seemed like they were too interested in trying to tie things up in a nice little bow and that Diane like realizes the error of her ways and apologizes. And I just, from everything I feel like we've heard about her and what we've seen of her, that's not something her, I didn't find it believable. Well, so. it's, it's also a more complex character that I think you would need another, epi- another like she's, she's a main character on another show. Yeah. Coming yeah. coming from the one where Sam comes back and they really made him one note, and this one mm-hmm. seemed to be an extension more of an extension of the original character. I found it I, I love this episode. Not to not to 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 not to, you know, spoil my rating, but um I I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh again, mostly because I did not like the one where Sam came back so because it was just like Sam's horny. Like in this one it's like yeah. if you've watched it and, and I admit Shelley Long in general can be kind of grating. Like that's why I think she's found success in kind of I don't know, like flighty characters. Or like, doesn't she play the matriarch on Modern Family, like Ed O'Neill's ex? Oh yeah, she's Ed O'Neill's ex. Occasionally, yeah. yeah. Um, so like, she works like that, and she was also the mom in the Brady Bunch movie, which is <gasps> severely right. underrated movies. That movie is so good. She's also the mom in Camp Beverly, True Beverly yes. Hills, so which is also a great look, movie. Yeah, but look at all those characters. It's like yeah. Brady Bunch is a woman out of time. True Beverly Hills is like she she does a good like weird fish out of water and I think that's why you like her because on this on a one episode thing she's an annoying character. Diane is a pseudo intellectual that like a lot of things go wrong for and she doesn't realize the effect she has on people around her. And when she comes into Frasier and is like acting like that, I don't think you were supposed to find her endearing. I think you were supposed to feel better about the closure you got from that. But this is this episode was definitely better. I think written to make you take Frazier's side because she's so unaware of the stuff she does yeah. to comedic fashion. And I think it's because her whole point in, in cheers is she's like graduated from like a very nice school and is, 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 is things are going well. And she just kind of gets dumped in Boston because she, I think, boy, I hope this is right. I could be wrong. And I, I wish we had our, our resident cheers expert, uh, get well soon. She's right downstairs, and oh, I'm saying it like this is the only time I talk to her through the podcast. But I can uh, say that get well soon, Tara. <laughs> um, but I think she was kind of left there because she, you know, hitched her wagon to a man who was crappy and like left her in Boston. She got stuck in Boston, and so she got a job at this bar. And you're like seeing her growth, and and she also didn't mm-hmm. last the entire series. She left at a certain point. Who knows? She mm-hmm. could have gotten her So I, I think that's part of it. Um, but I don't know, but like, it's, like I, I said, I think we have, this is probably maybe our biggest differences in ratings. Yes. I would agree that it is the lack of institutional knowledge about her character on Cheers that makes me kind of not very impressed with this, not very impressed with her character on this show on the, in this particular episode. I was just, I don't know. I was just kind of underwhelmed by it. Um, um although it's funny. I remember this episode vividly. Like I remember, all of the characters in the play being in a spotlight and being like Marianne. Like I remember this episode <laughs> vividly. I so. here's the thing. I when they're like she's putting on a play, I was of course gonna be like, well this is gonna be ridiculous and Fraser's gonna be upset that he helped uh uh fund it and all that. But when it came up and it was a bar, 
I was watching, I like out loud went, oh, like had like a, a, a gut reaction. And then the, the guy who played Cliff sounded exactly like Cliff. Yes. And the like, guy who played Frasier sounded just like Frasier. So that's what I want to talk about. That's John Carroll Lynch. He's another like big character actor. I know you might know him. Did you ever see The Founder? No, but I, I recognized him and I couldn't and I, I didn't do the research to see where I recognized him. From. <clears throat> he was he was in Fargo? See Fargo? Movie Fargo? Yes. Um, okay, I've, I mean, I've seen that. Does he play Francis McDormand's husband? Yes, the movie? one who paints the oh. ducks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big uh. thing I remember him from is he was Drew Carey's cross-dressing brother who married Mimi on the Drew Carey show. My, that was that was a lot of, a lot of information. <laughs> Wait, no, I know this guy. He So he plays, um, isn't he Packer on, um, Todd Packer on The Office? No, 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 that's, uh, no, no, no. Oh. That's uh, Ed, Ed Keckner. Okay, we're editing that out. Um, <laughs> you don't want to be seen as I, I don't want to be known as he was on the west wing as jack in the episode galileo <laughs> oh I, I i recall that episode but i don't remember that um but he's another another guy who's been in a million things but like i am going to keep looking into you're gonna find something yes so here's another time of laurel scrolling through the internet and making very occasional oh the americans he plays fred on the americans I good old Fred. Yeah, I, I like I need more than that. Um okay, I'm gonna keep going. I oh, Crazy I Stupid Love. Have you seen Crazy oh, Stupid Love? Oh yes. He's the yeah, he's, he's the plays, dad. Yes, the dad of the babysitter. Okay. Yes. That that's sort of, I, I forgot that. that movie. Love that movie. I watched that movie a lot, so uh you should check out the founder. Founder's pretty good. Um I, I, when, when it came up, like I said, I had like a, a gut reaction and it was just so perfect. Like with, it wasn't Norm, but like the guy came in who was pretending to be, who was like the Norm. Yes. Cause and, I remember and, Fra- Fraser was Franklin. And the barmaid was Darla. <laughs> yeah. And then she comes out and then like she kisses the, 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 the barmaid kisses the Sam character and then. Uh, that's when uh, she comes out and you realize that she, like, Fraser to, up to this point is thinking, ooh, maybe we can get back together, is kind of falling for her again. Mm-hmm. And then she ends up, she goes, kiss kiss her like you kissed me this morning. And Fraser's like, that's enough! Like, that was my favorite part when he goes, when, when the when the Franklin actor is like, I don't understand, how am I supposed to feel her? Because the lines are so terrible. She's like, yes. Franklin, I know I left you at the altar. How do you feel about that? And he's like, oh, I feel fine. I understand completely. And it's like, this woman has no idea what she's done. Um, yeah, it, and that could be, again, I was just like, I, I find it hard for Frasier to, I found it unbelievable that Frasier would have been with her. But again, like, I, Fra- this Fra- is where the canon of Cheers not being in my repertoire really skews my view of this episode. You're, you're coming in seeing Frasier's a fully fleshed out character at this yes. point. Like, when Frasier yes. came in, Frasier was the guest star. Yes. Um, but yes, it was just so. I just, I just love that when she, he's like, uh, no, uh, what am I supposed to be feeling here? And Frazier's like, I might be able to illuminate that. He just gets up and starts yelling, "This is how you feel. You've made a pact with Beelzebub." Like it's so good. Like I almost want to find it real quick. Oh, it was, it was such, it was such a good. And then doesn't doesn't he walk out and the whole the whole cast starts applauding? Bursts to applause, yes. <laughs> I, yes. I, I, uh, it reminds me that that part reminds me of. Um, have you seen Adam's Family Values? Yes, but I'm trying to. I I, I paused because I was trying to remember what what part you're about to say. So it's when they go to the police station after Fester has married Debbie, played by Joan Cusack, and a phenomenal performance by Joan Cusack. He's married Debbie, and she has isolated him from the family so she can kill him and take all his money. Anyway, they go to the police station, and Raul Julia, who died shortly after this movie, which is really sad, um, as Gomez can't believe the police won't help him and he does this whole he does this whole monologue <laughs> where he's like i have seen evil and more <laughs> like they're at camp <laughs> i mean they keep like chiming in that was like talking about all these horrors he's seen each member of the family waves as they talk about him yeah this movie those movies are great they like, i mean my, my parents and i love adam's family values we quote it regularly but imagine okay so look at the history of the adam's family we'll do this real quick and then i have found the fraser monologue if you would like for me to attempt uh, a dramatic reading I, yes i sang on the last episode so you better do a dramatic <laughs> reading 
So the Adams Family is like this kind of like funny, offbeat '60s uh, show. It goes away for like 30 years, and then it comes back as this very dark, strange <laughs> version, which is probably more akin to the original uh, comic strips. Yeah, but like, and it did really well, and it's and it's good. Like it holds up. We try and watch it around you know, uh, October, uh, around Halloween and Thanksgiving. Yes. Always uh, Thanksgiving crimes, family values. <laughs> um, and, uh, man, those are real good. Okay. So, Frank. Well, wait, wait, wait. I mean, oh, okay. that was, I, I'm just like to say, like, I agree. Oh, sorry. And every, that, Adam's Family Values um, is one of the first sequels I saw, because I was like eight years old when I saw that. And I, where I was like, this is better than the original and where now, like, I really cling to those sequels that are almost better than the original one. Like, Toy Story 2, in my opinion, is better than Toy Story. So, I love Toy Story 2. I I think I like the first one better, but it's a close second. It's one of those ones that I think I originally didn't like better. I, I constantly reference Pubert, though, because my nephew is 13 and has a, like, full mustache and looks exactly like Pubert Adams from oh, 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 The oh, Baby. I think, I- I thought you meant um, Pubert was a character in Toy Story. I was like, who is that? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry about the Adam's Family Values. All right. Uh, let's, okay, you let, ready? The curtain, Done your vocal the curtain is drawn. Yeah. Tip of the tongue, teeth, and lips. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So Franklin says, could we just stop for a second? This whole getting left at the altar thing, I, I just don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling. I may be able to illuminate that for you. Frazier gets up and storms on stage. What you are feeling is that this woman has reached into your chest, plucked out your heart, and thrown it to her hellhounds for a chew toy. And it's not the last time either, because that's what this woman is. She is the devil. She's no. There's no use running away from her, because no matter how far you go, no matter how many years you let pass, you will never be completely out of her reach of those bony fingers. So drink hearty, Franklin, and laugh, because you have made a pact with Beelzebub, and her name is Marianne. Oh, so good. Also, great, Thank great you. reading. I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm developing my Frasier imitation. A very, well. it's very Kelsey grammar. I felt like <clears> he was <throat> in the room. Yes. Tara's probably downstairs like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> well, also, I think that's one of these times. Oh, gosh, just popped up a menu. I didn't mean to. Um, I feel like this is one of those times where chewing the scenery oh, is called for and, like, wonderful. It's so good. Like. Like it's so good, he has to storm out, and then he come. The next scene is he comes back. Mm-hmm. But like, I can imagine them writing this and going, "Why do we have him come back? It's weird that he leaves and comes back." But it's like, but he has to leave. Like it's so mm-hmm. good, we can't change this, even if it's weird that he comes back. Like he forgot yeah. his keys. We have to. Like he has to end this on a storm out and an applause because it's so good. Yeah. Oh, this no, is I so think... good. <laughs> I. This is one of those times where I feel like you're talking me into a better rating for this episode. Well, it's interesting because listening to you, you actually talked me into a lower one, but now I'm back to my original (laughs) one, which is, which is ridiculous. But this, this may, this, this is a, this is a top Frasier episode for me. Oh, wow. I I liked it a lot. Like not the top, but I I mean, I'm going to give it up. It it may possibly get my highest rating, but like, it'll be interesting when we're done to go back and like rank our top five or whatever. Like when we're done with the entire series. Yeah, 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 yeah. It will also be interesting because this happened with me in Gilmore Girls. It'll be interesting if upon rewatch a show sneaks into my top, an episode mm-hmm. sneaks into my top five. Um, for those Gilmore Girls fans, that episode would be We've Got Magic to Do. I believe that's season five. Is um, that a Pippin reference? It is a Pippin reference. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I think it's season, it's season six. It's um when rory throws the dar event that's uso themed and like richard yells at mitchum and Emily tear, tears down shira huntsberger and it's and it's when richard says his great line of like this is rory what she tackles she conquers it's anyway gilmore girls fans will know what i'm talking about i mean who doesn't know what you're talking about i love uh richardson <laughs> richard and... <laughs> oh damn it <laughs> Oh gosh. Uh, um, sorry, I'm just not familiar. No, I'm no, sure. We're... No, we're gonna keep that in because I think there are people who would 100 percent like. There are people going, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Don't 
judge my reaction as necessarily our audience's reaction. Well, it's also, it's funny. I'm going to talk more about this. It's funny because it's <laughs> on a part of Gilmore Girls that a lot of people don't like, which is when Rory and Lorelai have a falling out and Rory moves in with her grandparents. And a lot of people don't like those streets, like 10 or 12 episodes. A lot of people don't like those episodes. And so it was mm-hmm. so funny to me that an, an episode from that chunk ended up, I was like, wait, this is a fantastic episode. <laughs> so anyway. It happens sometimes. There's... So I'm, of, I'm, I'm excited for that to happen with Frasier. One of the like award-winning best episodes of Buffy is in what is considered one of the worst seasons. So that just mm. happens sometimes. Um, da, 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 da. I, I is love it the, this. Is it the musical episode or the episode where they're silent? It's the episode where they're silent. I think four oh. is a very strange season. I like it. I like almost all of Buffy, even the bat. Like the last season, which is universally pretty panned, except for certain episodes. Like I go back and I watch it. And I like it, but been a long time since i've seen buffy because i keep trying to get tara to watch it the first season there's a lot of like if the apocalypse comes beat me and she like holds up her beeper like those type of jokes i'm like if you can just get through this i promise you some good television is coming i mean it, it's like parks and rec um I, I also told my parents to not watch season one of parks and rec so except yeah except season one of parks and rec is two and a half hours long or three yes. hours long at max yes. and first season of buffy is 12 hours so well um you want to rate this one yeah so we rate rate it um so i was gonna give this like a five um (laughs) but i think perhaps you talked me into like a 6.5 to a seven i'm gonna say um cheeky bordeaux which is what niall says he's gonna bring over for dinner when they ask diane to dinner so Mm, i now i now want to buy bordeaux and call them cheeky bordeaux (laughs) cheeky bordeaux sounds like a like french moulin rouge like mm-hmm. like dancer a, name. No- a knockoff of moulin rouge presenting no it's like that's your dancing name tonight only at the moulin rouge cheeky bordeaux <laughs> um i'm gonna give this one nine bony fingers i really like this one uh i i i the t- i was thinking about a nine and then i was like maybe i'll give it an eight i'm going with my first thing it's a nine it's 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 not a perfect episode I can definitely see it through uh, the eyes of, 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 of non-Cheers fans and how Diane can be grading, how there's not much of a payoff if you don't find Diane interesting. Like, if you're already looking at this character as someone, you're like, I don't really get this character. The payoff is nothing. Mm-hmm. But if if you've seen Cheers and if you know this relationship, boy, boy, it was good. And, and that monologue, just reading it again, has invigorated me. I'm going to go try out for some... Uh, community theater when we're done I, I, here. I think you should i think that should be your monologue as well <laughs> yes um i will be doing a selection from uh frazier <laughs> frazier, frazier. frazier. <laughs> <laughs> um i loved it i i if, if you're a cheers fan like this and, and i know some people are kind of listening to this and maybe skipping through some episodes if you've seen cheers don't skip this one you you gotta watch this one and it's so much better than the uh one where sam comes back i i it's it's my favorite. Like I, I now feel like we should start ranking the the, the comebacks. Like this one, I go this one, then Lilith, then Sam. Those are I'm gonna start ranking my return appearances. Okay. I think Lilith. I think Lilith is more interesting if you're not a Cheers fan, but this is definitely my favorite comeback, mostly because of the whole bar scene. Well, and also. Well, we're going to, I mean, we've already seen Lilith twice, I think. We mm-hmm. see Lilith so much throughout the series that, right. you know, there's a lot more opportunities. To, well, she's to... way more connected. We've seen Lilith more than we've seen Frederick. Frederick. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's true. Um, I, got, I got nothing else. I mean, if, do you have any LOLs or anything with her out there? Are we good? Uh, n- well, I, honestly, I also think it was Niall saying, "I'll bring a cheeky Bordeaux." Was probably my only LOL. Again, okay. I didn't, ta- I didn't take notes on this. I need to not watch these when I'm like sleepy, because then I'm like, uh. <laughs> "Well, well, guys, this is probably our most." It's funny because I feel like we, it wasn't like we argued a whole bunch, but this is definitely our, fur- I think, our furthest off in ratings. Y- yes, I. Well, I don't know. I feel like I loved the restaurant episode, and you could not understand why i loved it i'm wondering if you should just tell me when we're in the middle of a vie as opposed to this is going to be a vie yeah no i i so i i told you that i looked ahead to the season four episode guide and one of my absolute favorite episodes is in that season i'm not going to tell you because <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't want to like you know uh i don't don't want to bias you ahead of time right 
Well, we'd love to hear uh, some feedback from our Cheers fans or our non-Cheers fans uh, about this episode, or just if you want to message us and say hi, uh, our Gmail is craniacs at gmail.com. That's C-R-A-N-E-I-A-C-S. We're at craniacs on Twitter. We have a Facebook group. Just uh, I think last time I said Google on Facebook, which makes no sense, but search on Facebook uh, for Craniacs, a Fraser podcast. Uh, we like and, to and also make sure you join the group and don't just like the fan page because um, we've kind of abandoned the fan page because Facebook keeps trying to charge us money. Um, the, group, <laughs> the group where you have to actually request to be added is where all the good stuff is. Yeah, there's a lot of fun little links and stuff we talk about, and you know, just kind of if you if you're into a lot of the <laughs> non Fraser talk a lot more goes on there and a lot of Fraser talk um but check that out we are on stitcher uh spotify itunes and overcast which i downloaded the overcast app and that might be my new go-to there's a it's a i i don't want to we'll I'll, i'll talk to you again next week but i'm really enjoying the overcast app but check us out there rate review subscribe leave us a review leave us a five star review tell us how great we are because we because I need it, guys. Guys, I need this. Yeah. Uh, if you're thinking about not giving us a five-star review, uh, Laurel, do you got something that else they can do? I've got something if you don't. I, I do, but mine's kind of evergreen, so I would love to hear yours. Like, uh, mine's not doesn't have to be said right this week. So. Well, I've discovered another podcast that I, I, I'd like to recommend. Uh, don't tell listeners to listen to someone else. When you're done listening to this one, listen to this there one again, go. and then listen to... Uh, 80s All Over, which is, uh, man, I forgot the name of the host. I just started listening to it, and it's, I, I've only listened to a few episodes, but it's so, like, reached and touched exactly, like, my soul. I don't want to say my soul, because it's a silly 80s movie podcast, so it's not anything, like, life-changing. But it's very good. What they do is every two weeks, they do, they started with January of 1980, and they go through all the major releases of movies that year, and they talk about them. And so maybe it's it's not too long, probably about as long as our episode. So they'll spend five to ten minutes on a movie. Um, the first one they did, they spent ten minutes on the Village People movie and then were, like, mad that they had spent that much time on it because <laughs> of how terrible it was. They're like, we spent way too much time on this movie. Um, but they just do a real quick talk. They edit in some little clips from the movies. It's 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 interesting. If you go and listen to it, Someone tell me what the remix song for their theme is, because it's definitely one of those songs that's like the ABC Family movie or something that I remember, and I I need someone to listen to it. But I think it's a cool way of doing that if you're a movie fan, especially if you're a movie fan of the 80s. They make a big deal to say they're not just fetishizing like Spielberg and Goonies and Gremlins and that sort of stuff. They're trying to do all types of movies from them. I think it's a good take. I'm excited to listen to more of it. I think you might like it too. And it's something to keep you busy instead of writing that non-five-star review. So there you go. What a great recommendation. Thank you, Laurel. (laughs) Okay, well, thanks for joining us this week, guys. Uh, Until next time, I'm Laurel. I'm Ryan. And we are listening 